Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, February the 15th. Enjoy this nice weather out there while you can. And by nice, I mean mild. It is kind of cloudy. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. Connor McCarthy is here as well. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And your microphone's open. That's the Royal Banks, Missouri text line, 84126. Jeff Zufall joins us in a few minutes uh, to talk about tax season. Yep. We all have to start thinking about that. Elizabeth Schulze will join us from ABC News at 1050. And then in our next hour, the one and only Greg Willard will join us around 1108 to talk about Donald Trump and hush money. The latest uh, legal legal chapter. It is very difficult. We're, we, are, we are finding that it's very difficult to keep all of these moving parts I'll correct, say. you know, and in place and what should be on the radar and what shouldn't be on the radar. And uh, the the judge in New York this morning going ahead and setting a, a date. And um, that that certainly seems significant. So, yeah, Greg will, will update us on that. So McGraw talking, everybody talking about um, what happened yesterday in Kansas mm. City. What were your first... What were your first thoughts? It's just so exhausting and heartbreaking. And then watching the news last night, I mean, well, when is it going to stop, you know? Yeah, and I think I think the people certainly have the, the will. It's the politicians and the special interests and the lobbyists who seem to gum up the works, mm-hmm. at least in my very teeny weeny brain that's how it appears to me and as we were discussing earlier one would think there'd be more details by now exactly and that i think is very telling mm-hmm. um they don't want to they don't want to give anything away until they have all of the pieces in place which is it's good and laudable way. of course yeah. Um, But I do think by this time, I think people are just getting antsy. You know, I don't, you know, you were saying that you you had heard nothing. We've been told nothing that would lead anybody to believe this had anything to do with terrorism, you know. But but it is the new terrorism, isn't it? You know, just to have a beautiful day, a beautiful rally where the only thing I was worried about was the the players being overserved and possibly falling off a bus? Right, that was what we were all worried about. Or saying the f word on TV, exactly, which we saw exactly. after the Stanley Cup, and then got these apologies from. Well, the- and my husband made a very good point. I have not heard it made before, but Connor, please chime in if you have heard this. Why do we have to have the parades? Three days after the game, when you know that they have been, they've already been drinking, Brittany Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes received restorative IVs yesterday. I saw that oh, on really? Instagram, <laughs> which I guess, what does that even do? I don't even know. It oh, had something to do with enabling them to continue to drink. It's or- supposed to help with the hangover. How do I know this? I watched an ER episode about it a million years ago. Okay. But then there was a time when my niece and her husband were thinking about investing in one of these 
IV places. Because it looked like a clinic, like just a clinic in Kansas City. And it became sort of complicated because you do have to have medical personnel. And this is my niece who used to sell beer. (laughs) So she's saying, I think this would be a good business opportunity. And that is the extent of my knowledge. Okay. So, yeah, Chris just said, why don't we, you know, after a Super Bowl winning season, I understand their need to non-compass Mentis out for a while. You you understand that they have they've sacrificed in ways that their friends you know I know they make a lot of money and so all of that but it seem it does seem like it would be smarter mm-hmm. to let some time pass right Agreed. between between the celebration and 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 this kind of thing but you know eventually because it seems that because we can't. We just can't get the results that we're looking for in terms of assault weapons, and we don't know the weapons that were used. But um, we, we can't. We're not. The, the need, nothing's moving quickly enough for any of us to stop this kind of thing from happening if there were assault weapons used. Um, so, do you, do you not have rallies? Do you not have large crowds gathered together? I I don't at know what, the answer. At what point do you all? Say I'm not going to I'm any not of these going. things anymore. Right. It, I'll you know, watch it on TV and hope for the best. Eight four one two six from the three one four, a friend's daughter is a chief's cheerleader. The daughter is traumatized, as is her mother, waiting to hear that she is safe. Um we have a parade. This is from the six three six. We have a parade because most people in Kansas City can't afford to go to the game. Mm. Well, most people anywhere can't can't afford afford to to go go to the the Super Bowl. Um, From the 314, when will we make it stop? And, you know, as I said, I think that the the special interest groups are the ones that gum up the work. I think the people have the political will. Right. But if, you know, handguns, the, the debate about handguns has now crossed over into assault weapons or, or automatic weapons where somebody on somebody will say, but I like to go out and target, you know, target shoot with my assault weapons or on the um, shooting my assault weapons. I don't want to have to give that up. And so now you have the illegal gun market flooded with assault weapons. So where does it end? I have no idea other than us giving up every freedom that we have. Yeah, and all the children who were at the event. Exactly. I mean, it really, really is something. Well, uh, in a moment, we'll chat with Jeff Zufall about tax season and what you need to know about the tax code changes this year. That's coming up. Um, if you are looking for a place to eat, Around lunchtime, may I suggest Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. This is a locally owned business, and it's inside the West County Phillips 66 station. The owners are Rick and Carol Gross. They're so fantastic, and it's been some years since they decided to turn the service bays into a fast, casual restaurant. So you can stop in and eat, or you can call ahead with a little notice. They'll cater as well. The food is really great. When you pull into the West County Phillips 66 station around Clayton Road and 141, you'll smell the good food. There's a smoker in the back. They have pulled pork, chicken, brisket, a Philly cheesesteak sandwich, a steak wrap with sriracha sauce. The the prices are fantastic. The food is homemade. Also, if you just want to pick up a dessert when you walk into the convenience store and turn right, you'll see a baker's rack of individually packaged desserts. Carol is a great cook. She's a great baker. 
and we are the lucky recipients. You can call ahead, 636-227-1208. You can go online, 3baybbqandbakery.com. Sign up for the rewards program while you're there, and you'll get a 25-point welcome bonus and a couple of dollars off of food that is already affordable and delicious. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery inside the West County Phillips 66 station. If you stop in, you'll see how friendly and committed the staff is. Please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. I saw this article about sense as in S-C-E-N-T-S, that can bring us out of our bad moods. (laughs) And then when you think about it, I mean, there are certain foods you smell like brownies baking or might remind you of your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And everybody has, they they did these studies of people who had, you know, clinical depression or situational depression and certain scents help lift their mood. Which I, I think might be true. Do you have a favorite one yourself? We are all ears, yeah. <laughs> what do they say? What are some of the most Ground, popular? Okay, sense that people liked. Vicks VapoRub. <laughs> I love Vicks VapoRub. Ground coffee, coconut oil, cumin powder, red wine, vanilla extract, clove, which I get that from Thanksgiving, shoe polish, orange essential oil, and ketchup. Now, my undergrad school had a ketchup factory because it was in Ohio and there were a lot of tomato farmers and it smelled horrible. <laughs> the smell of ketchup being made was not pleasant. Yeah. Oh, Coppertone from the 314. Oh, yeah. That brings Somebody back said, memories. Um, <laughs> that so, does bring. And wasn't Jodie Foster in the Coppertone ad? I think she was a Coppertone baby. <laughs> no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I'm always thinking of what reminded me of my mother's purse and the things, you know, because she would have the rum, the butter rum lifesavers. She loved those. And then she had the uh, the Vicks cough drops. So, uh-huh. yeah, Vicks is a comforting I think, smell for everybody. Tell us more about you. Uh, we're joined now by Jeff Zufall of Capital Advisory Group because this is the season when we need him more than ever. Morning, Jeff. Good morning. Any changes in the tax code or tax laws that people need to know about this year as they prepare to file their taxes? Nothing that is of great substance. Um, It's kind of status quo right now as we go into the election year. Um, But in 2025, there will be probably some huge changes. Um, All of uh, President Trump's tax cuts that were put in place in 2018 will expire in 2025. So whoever wins the election gets to, uh, I guess, not by choice, but by force, will have to revamp our entire tax law. So there will be a lot of changes next year. But this year, it's pretty much status quo. Is is there any is there any keeping track of how many people file early, how many people file late? Is it fifty fifty, Jeff? Because my husband has already taken care of this, and there are some people that you know will wait until April fifteenth. Yes, um, I would say it's probably like more of a eighty five percent are in the process currently. 
Um, and there's that little element that uh, 10% that'll wait till the last week. And then there's a, uh, the 5% element that Lily will wait until the day after and then go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do that yesterday. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, and then some people let it roll for a couple of years, which is not what you want to do, and then come in and go, hey, I don't think I owed any tax, but I haven't filed in two or three or four years. Please don't do that. <laughs> um, even in doubt, just file it um, and, and go with it from there. How many people file paper returns? Um, it's it's almost become an anomaly now to see a handwritten tax return. I don't even think the IRS honestly will accept it. Really? Um, yes. There's, so in the past, I've past two years, I've only seen two handwritten tax returns from previous tax years. Um, and, and one was a 94-year-old lady who didn't have a copy machine, and she did it by mm. hand, and then she made herself a copy. <laughs> um, but literally, you want to do it. Uh, again, paper is kryptonite to mm. the IRS. They're getting better. Um, but the, the scenario is if you send in your tax return electronically, unless it picks the system, picks something up and they set you aside and somebody looks at it, typically it goes right through with no issues whatsoever. Uh, refunds are shot out within 10 to, to, to 14 days and you're good to go. When you say that some people will sort of walk up to the desk of the IRS or whomever and say, oh, I didn't think I owed any money, and so I haven't filed for a couple of years. What What is behind that, Jeff? Um, some people just ignore it completely. <laughs> it's the easiest way to explain it. And are, in some cases, they think they owe tax, um, and so they'll kind of stick their head in the sand um, and not, not address it. Thinking, hey, I can't pay it. Um, you know, I can't pay the tax right now. Um, the key to it is, is file the return. If you owe tax, believe it or not, the IRS will work with you, um, and you set up an installment agreement um, and make a payment plan, basically. It's not the greatest way to do it, but it is a way to do it. Um, and the IRS would rather see that than you literally just blow them off. The issue in today's environment is, in the past, the underpayment penalty – so that's the interest that they charge you. It's a tax on top of a tax. It's the interest that they charge you to hold an outstanding balance with the IRS used to be in the 2 to 4% range max, and that's on a calendar quarter basis. It's 8% today. So mm -hmm. in October of 2023, they raised the rate um, to 8% as an underpayment penalty. So what that says is if you owe the IRS more than $1,000 and you've the IRS says, hey, you should have paid in your fair share throughout the year. They will actually charge you not only the tax, but an 8% interest rate rolling forward. And that's wow. calendar quarter. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeff, so, it, is there any income that a taxpayer does not have to report? The correct answer on that one is everything. <laughs> The IRS, basically every earnings that you make, even if you work a side job um, and you earn $100, you should hypothetically report that $100 on your tax return. And it's not so much that you're cheating. It's more so that if you don't report it and say, hey, they didn't send me a 1099, which are $400 and $600 you know, increments where you would get the 1099. 
The problem is, let's say that you go, oh, nobody will ever know. It's only $100. But let's say that the person that paid you gets audited. And it kind of flows downhill from there. And so your name comes up and they say, hey, we paid him or her $200 or $100 to do a little subcontracting work for us. And you didn't report it on your tax return. That's tax evasion. So, again, pretty much all dollars earned um, should be reported on a tax return. And just anecdotally, I mean, there was a whole cash economy, right? Waiters, (laughs) wait staff, and they, they don't report everything, correct? Not that you would know exactly. this, but I've heard people say this. Yes. So so that's one of the things is the new and improved IRS with their new agents that they've hired went after two, I'll say two uh, sectors of the society. The first one was your big partnerships, your hedge funds, and they did generate something like $55 million in unpaid tax that they were able to recoup over the last six or nine months. But the other element of society they went after was your waiters and waitresses for unreported tips. So so they went from one extreme, the, the, the top 1%, to the average Americans looking for that money. So again, most of the restaurants or employers today will force you to um, report your tips, but there is a giant cash society out there. That, but again, you're running that risk that if you ever got audited or your employer got audited and they find out that you took cash tips, you're in deep trouble. Uh, Jeff, can you hold on? The questions are starting to come in for you on the Royal Banks of Missouri tax line. So if you can hold on for just a few minutes, sure. we'll do a little business and then we'll come back because we have to pay our taxes here and yes, make our money. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. So we'll check back with you in just a couple of minutes, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, you know what will make you feel better now that we're in tax season? Calling the curtain exchange and getting that ball rolling once and for all. Uh, How long have you waited to update the look of your home? How long have you coveted somebody else's living room or family room or lighting or what have you? Make Make the commitment to call them today. The Curtain Exchange is located in the heart of Clayton at 8119 Maryland Avenue, 314-863-1112 is the number. I will repeat that in uh, just a little bit. Ellen and Barbara are waiting for your call. They have met so many KTRS listeners, and many of you want a refresh. Uh, Many of you want a reset, but they love meeting you, and they love getting to know you, and uh, that's what makes this so much fun. Uh, When it comes to the Curtain Exchange, quite obviously, of course, they have a stunning selection of ready-made and made-to-order window treatments. But please don't let the name fool you because they have furniture, they have rugs, accessories, bedding, everything you need to pull it all together. And when it's over, Ellen and Barbara will be with you and they will absolutely love taking a picture and uh, celebrating with you because there's nothing like that when your dream is realized in your home. And remember... They are so respectful of your bottom line, and there is never an hourly fee. It is simply part of a curtain exchange service and their full design service. Don't try to decorate your house online. That is going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, There is just absolutely, there is no way to win in that situation. Only for the shippers who will have to ship everything back when you realize something is not the right color or not the right fabric. 
start and end at the Curtain Exchange. 314-863-1112. And please tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you. We are chatting with Jeff Zufall from Capital Advisory Group. Jeff is the chief tax strategist and wealth planner there. And Jeff, we have a couple of questions for you. From the 314 area code, by what date should we receive our 1099s on investments? So that that is the month of February, basically, and it's wide open. Most of them will say it's the 12th to the 15th of the month. So we basically today's the 15th. Um, And then some of them will say the end of the month as the worst case, the 28th of February. And then it's somewhere in between. So each one of them, just watch when you get the 1099s that they do not in the upper right-hand corner say preliminary. If they're preliminary, do not file with them. Wait until you get the true final. Oh. It'll give you a date stamped final and a date on it. But typically, I'll say now to the end of the month, they should start showing up. From the 314, please ask Jeff about Social Security income tax for Missouri taxpayers. Do they do they pay this year? You do for 24. Okay. <laughs> it's a, pro-rate, a prorated amount. So this is a newer bill that's come out. Um, this year, but you you will for 2023 when you're doing your return, you will pay basically what you were in the past. But for 2024, when you file in 25, depending upon your adjusted gross income, you will get a deduction from the state of Missouri for that. So they're not going to tax. It's not we're not tax free by no means, but the bulk of it you will not pay tax on it going hmm. in 20 starting in 2024. Somebody else is asking you, Jeff, what online services or where can I file online for free? My daughter's moved on after college. Now I owe federal taxes and don't want to pay TurboTax when I own money. Is there such a thing as filing for free? There is. The IRS.gov has its own. It was TurboTax and H&R Block, but now the IRS has created its own file-free service. But if you go to irs.gov, type in in the upper right-hand corner, free file, it'll take you right to it, and you file Mm -hmm. directly with the IRS. Uh, The limitations may be like income of, you know, income limitations and our um, W-2, Social Security, that type of income. Um, You can't have, you know, uh, investment income or anything like that, I do not believe, to file. And in your opinion, Jeff, how understaffed is the IRS this year? I know we've talked about it in years past, and it, they had that where's my better. refund button. It is getting better. <laughs> getting a lot better. Um, we're actually having communication with them. We can talk to people. Still, the holds are, are kind of a long time, but it's okay. Better than what it was in the past. Um, COVID and you know maybe a year or so after COVID was impossible to talk to anyone. Um, but today we're actually having conversations and getting stuff resolved quickly. So it's getting better. Um, and again, they're 80 billion, which was trimmed down. I think they took 20 billion away from them in the debt ceiling debate. Um, so they're at 60 billion or so. That's over a 10-year period. So they are hiring people. They are hiring more field agents. Not that everybody's got a gun and running around, but <laughs> there are a lot of people that you can talk to currently and or get get some advice as to next steps or stuff corrected. And just one more question before we go, Jeff. Somebody is asking, what if I'm on SSDI, which I think is Social Security Disability? Do I yes. have to file? 
technically, if that's all you have and it's under $25,000, technically you do not need to file. Um, but it probably wouldn't hurt to file informational return um, just for the fact that they know where you're at. If there is ever another stimulus check that's sent out or any type of benefits that are sent out at a later date, if you file a zero return, which means you don't owe tax, you're just filing a return, um, they'll know right where you're at. Just makes might make it a little bit easier. Jeff Zufo. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll give all your information out here, but we we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. If you want to call Capital Advisory Group, it is 636-394-5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, because in addition to taking care of your taxes and Capital Advisory Group has a full accounting division, they can also help you with retirement. We didn't talk about it with Jeff today, but Jeff always says you have to plan for this. Give yourself a couple of years and see if, one, you are ready financially to retire, and then Jeff and his staff at Capital Advisory Group will start the conversation with you about your health care costs in retirement and the taxes you'll have to pay. And, of course, everybody wants to rest assured that they won't outlive their money. Also, Jeff has a radio show here on the Big 550 every Saturday at 3 called Keep What's Yours, same title as the name of his book, which was an Amazon bestseller. He co-hosts it with Josh Gilbert from The Heidi Klaus Show. So either give a call at 636-394-5524, look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or listen in every Saturday at 3 right here on The Big 550. We're all over the place, of course, but uh, we were talking about scents, S-C-E-N-T-S, that make you feel better. Uh, Somebody said, I love the smell of Murphy's oil soap. I agree. Somebody else said, I grew up by Kraft cheese plant. Talk about smelly. What is it about milling paper, paper mills? When I was young and my grandparents had a place on a lake and there was a paper mill and it is the most... It's like rotten eggs, and I, I don't know what part of it. We would pass it on the way. Thank heavens it was still like 100 miles or so from, from the lake, but it was just awful. Well, and when you worked downtown, we always talked about soje and the yes. smell. <laughs> yes. You no, know, I'm not sure what that was. Uh, from the through and for the smell when walking into a donut shop makes me smile. That's so true. When mm-hmm. you walk into one of those places, whether it's Missouri Baking or – um, Shaw's coffee, and you think this should be a Yankee candle, you know? Yes. It should be a Yankee candle. One more thing, just, and I'm sorry, as you just said, we're all over the place. That's what we do. It is what we do. But um, getting back to the Kansas City uh, tragedy, but the so many of the reports that I have read, the brave parade goers who tackled the suspect, those people weren't being brave. Those people were angry and wanted to – they wanted to rip him apart and I, I applaud them. Mm-hmm. That, but, but they were that, – they were not being brave they, and obviously they were brave. But it wasn't – they were you know skittish or worried about it. They were so angry and wanting to stop him. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and the other thing, whenever you, – you've all been in big crowds before, the Race for the Cure or the ballpark, and when something like that happens and you're in the middle of hundreds and hundreds of people, you have no idea what's happening. And, and that they was, showed some reporters who looked 
Like they, they knew something was going on, but they didn't know what at first. Well, and one of the textures pointed out that for the reporters who were traumatized, they were also traumatized. This wasn't something that was happening after the fact. They were in the middle of a crime scene, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not a place that reporters uh, – an active crime scene – that's not a place where most reporters right. are used to being in, in, in gunfire like that. And they said that it really showed on their faces and in their voices. Uh, from the 314, going back to our other topic for this moment, Catholic grade school mimeograph paper for tests. I can't remember the movie, but there I think it might have been Fast Times at Ridgemont High where everybody who is they, – they're passing out the quizzes that are like hot off the copy machine mm-hmm. and everybody's smelling them. It was a, it was a great smell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there may come a time in your life where you have to choose a memory care community for your parents or your loved ones. It is no easy task. There are so many choices and you want to make sure you make the right choice – for your loved one. At Park Provence, they offer the most advanced care available for dementia and Alzheimer's disease, providing a quality of life through programs that nurture the mind, the body, and the spirit, all absolutely unparalleled. Park Provence is locally owned, and it's led by an experienced team of medically trained professionals. They maintain a total of approximately 200 employees. That's therapists, social workers, nurses, other disciplines on site. That's 200 employees and 120-plus some residents. So that is the highest staff-to-resident ratio in the industry for both daytime and nighttime shifts. And you don't want to find out how important that is after making a decision where you don't have that kind of ratio. That is that is heartbreaking. Another thing that's so important, Park Provence is locally owned, as we say. They are dedicated to the region and deeply invested in the day-to-day operations and the lives of all concerned. Residents and family members with questions or concerns have access to those decision makers. There's art therapy. There is music therapy. They group people together in households so that even with these memory issues, the people who move into Park Provence will stay connected and have social relationships. And that is so important for our cognitive being. Call Andrew or Michaela. At 314-542-2500, you can learn more about Park Provence. You can schedule a tour. And if you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you'll receive a special offer. Buying a home is no easy task these days, and apparently women outnumbered men as home buyers last year. Let's check in with ABC News correspondent Elizabeth Schulze from Washington to get the latest. Morning, Elizabeth. Morning. It's great to be back with you guys. This is interesting data. It is. And you know what this data shows is that single women specifically accounted for one-fifth of all home sales in 2023. That's compared to single men who accounted for one-tenth of sales. So what we're seeing in this data, and this is from the National Association of Realtors, is that single women are far outpacing men when it comes to buying new homes. And this is especially notable, guys, because 50 years ago, women did not even have the right to sign their own mortgages without a male (laughs) co-signer. So we really have seen this, you know, progress as far as women kind of taking ownership. And I've been asking people who look at this data closely, 
what's behind this trend. They say some of it is that women are more likely to be caretakers, so they want to have fixed prices for housing. They know that they have, uh, they might be single parents or they have elderly parents they're caring for. They want to have those costs locked in, and that's something you would get more with buying instead of renting. And then there's also just a sort of generational trend of younger single women saying, I'm going to go ahead and buy my own house, save up the money. I don't need to wait around to get married like I maybe would have had to, you know, several generations ago. I think it's really interesting um, because it appears, Elizabeth, from your report that single women are more likely to make financials than men to make financial sacrifices. Is that is that right? That's 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 interesting. It is. And and those sacrifices might include cutting back on non-essential spending or taking on a second job. The surveys show that women are more willing and and increasingly making some of those sacrifices because of the investment that they see being worth it in homeownership. And I've been talking to a lot of single women who've decided to take this step. And it's been really, you know, frankly, uh, inspiring talking to some younger women, 20, age 24, one woman bought her own house. She said this was really her goal. She grew up, had been told by both her mom and grandma that she wanted to be able to have that home to build her wealth. And so that was really where she prioritized her savings. Uh, someone else who I talked to was 30 and she put down an $80,000 down payment on her first house. And it was like, how did you save up that money? And what she said it came down to was making those sacrifices being able to say, okay, I'm not going to spend on this in order to really try to have that money to put down and have this ownership uh, for my future. Even if I decide I want to move out somewhere else later, at least I'm building wealth uh, now is what she told me. Elizabeth, St. Louis is known as a great place to raise children and Mm. an affordable home buying market. And so many people who maybe move away after college and spend years in other cities always end up moving back here. Just anecdotally, Mm -hmm. what is the housing market like where you live? Yeah, well, I'm in Washington, D.C. You know, notably, I just moved from Washington, D.C. to Maryland. So that, you know, will tell you a little bit about as far as what you can get in a little bit outside of the city versus in it as far as a pricing point goes. You know, it's so interesting because the housing market is really just so challenging right now. And I cover this market very closely. And we've seen these high interest rates really put a strain on a lot of buyers. They they continue to make those monthly payments higher. And rates are, you know, getting close to 7%. That's not historically super high, right? Like, you know, we saw rates double that a couple of decades ago. But for a whole generation of younger people, first-time buyers, in order to try to get the home that you want, buying in a city, really tough. You might have to look somewhere farther outside and you might have to be willing to pay more than you definitely could be paying in rent, which has not always been the case. Listen to this, Elizabeth, our our text line. Tell Elizabeth, I am a real estate agent. I just sold a property where the buyer was a 19-year-old woman. Wow, (laughs) good for her. I'm sitting here. My husband and I have two daughters, 33 and 31, and we really did kind of have these conversations with them about buying houses. Mm. The only thing my parents ever talked about with with me was, you know, was like a budget or but it was never even thought of as a possibility. So that is a sea change in just I a few. That. Right. It's that in just a couple of generations. Yes. And, it, and you can see that there is this real focus on 
education, right? I mean, the the younger single women who I talked to said so much of this did come from their parents reinforcing the need to build that wealth by buying a home, by spending, you know, time thinking about if you're paying rent for two decades, what are you missing out on instead of trying to build up for that purchase? And so I think that's a lesson that's getting across to at least this growing percentage of people who are who are making those, you know, making that kind of investment. Now, if somebody will just start a conversation where they can help make us less afraid of spiders, right? <laughs> And mice, so nor are we. Elizabeth Schultze from ABC News in Washington. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, thank Elizabeth. you guys too. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever wondered or envied another couple's relationship and wondered what their secret to happiness is? What makes them soulmates? Well, great relationships take work from both people, and sometimes. Both people need a little help. Absolutely. And if you have ever thought about therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It is entirely online. They have literally removed every obstacle. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapist at any time for no additional cost. Therapy can be a safe place to work through challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your family, your significant other. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us, too. We might be considered the worried well. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash J&W today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash j and W. And in our next hour, we'll shift gears again and talk with Greg Willard about Donald Trump and the hush money trial. And while we're on this subject, because we'll get back to the text line after a bit, when did you buy your first house and what interest rate did you pay? Were you a young woman who bought her house on her own? It really, it as you say, Wendy, it's the kind of advice I never got from my parents. It was never even a consideration. Said, you know, get married. It was to get married. <laughs> And uh, until you get married, you will rent an apartment. Exactly. And what are rents these days? I mean, I'm, mm. I'm sure. I think it would probably make us cry. Yeah. There's always a question, is it better to rent or buy, that I've read articles about. But we'd love to hear from you on this. Coming up on Top of the Hour News with Steve Potter and more from ABC. And then we'll return with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show with Greg Willard. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show. We were talking earlier about how it's so hard to keep up with all the charges against Donald Trump and things that are happening. There's a trial now scheduled to proceed on March 25th. So we thought we would check in with KTRS legal analyst and St. Louis University law professor Greg Willard to keep us up to date. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Jennifer. Good to be with you and Wendy. Should we start with all the moving parts or should we start with the March 25th trial? Oh my goodness. Well, let's let's start with all the parts and then I'll I'll digress off to the March 25th. Okay. There are there are five cases pending against Mr. Trump. There is the there are four uh, criminal cases and one civil case. Uh, the civil case we've talked about before, that's in New York. Uh, that is 
uh, alleging um, by the New York Attorney General that Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization engaged in massive fraud in terms of their business operations and records. The court has already found and adjudicated that Mr. Trump and his businesses committed uh, fraud and violated New York law. The expectation is on Friday, we will hear what the penalties are. It is anticipated that it will be a monetary penalty. The New York Attorney General has asked for, I think, $356 million, and also a penalty to bar Mr. Trump and his businesses from operating in New York. There are four criminal cases. There is the Florida Classified Documents case, which is a federal indictment against Mr. Trump, where he is alleged by the grand jury to have committed several uh, federal felonies with respect to classified documents. There is the federal uh, election interference case in Washington, D.C. A grand jury in D.C. indicted Mr. Trump on four felonies relating to his actions leading up to and including January 6th. Uh, our listeners may have heard in the last few days, on Monday, Mr. Trump asked the United States Supreme Court for a stay of those proceedings. He has claimed that he has absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for actions he took as president. He lost in the district court. He lost in the Court of Appeals, and he's now asking, in effect, the Supreme Court to give him more time. We probably will get uh, the answer to that question in the next few days. Uh, the third is in Georgia State Court, and he and 18 other defendants have been indicted on a wide-ranging racketeering case. Uh, as we speak, there is a hearing ongoing in Georgia in an attempt to disqualify the prosecutor for an alleged uh, illicit relationship that she had with one of her deputy prosecutors. And the fourth criminal uh, case is the one getting all the headlines this morning. That is the so-called New York State criminal case. Um, <clears throat> there was a hearing this morning in front of Judge Marchand in New York, and he has set that case for trial on March 25th roughly five weeks from now. Um, that is the case that I think will get most of the attention, not surprisingly, in the next few weeks. Uh, the the so-called hush money case, which you mentioned at the outset, Jennifer, it relates to payoffs that were made to two women, adult film actor Stormy Daniels and former Playboy model Karen McDougal. And what the allegations are is that uh, Mr. Trump, through the National Enquirer, uh, made a series of 
hush money payments to these women. He made those payments through his attorney and recorded them as legal fees. The, the hush money payments were recorded within his books and records as legal fees. As a result, Mr. Trump has been charged with falsifying records in violation of New York law, criminal law, to hide the true nature of the payments, which is alleged to be payoffs to keep these two women from talking about their relationships with Mr. Trump. That case will go to trial on March 25th. It is expected to take at least two weeks because it is a criminal trial. Mr. Trump will be required to be in the courtroom every day. Not surprisingly, he is not happy about that. But uh, those those are the rules, so to speak. And uh, the judge earlier today made it very clear that this case is going to go to trial in March. As to the other uh, three criminal cases, um, it's sort of up in the air as to when they will go to trial. I think the, the betting is, Jennifer, that maybe the D.C. election interference case, depending on what the Supreme Court rules in the next few days, that may go to trial sometime this summer, but it will depend in large measure what the Supreme Court does. In short, um, the the cascade of criminal and civil cases that have been pending against Mr. Trump, they are smart, they are starting to come down on him with full force, Jennifer. I am going to clean up the language, but there is a terrific saying about how you can't ride two horses with one rear end. Um, (laughs) And I'm trying to figure out how, if you are, you're an attorney, you're a Washington insider. After all these years, we know you still have people there. How in the world do you mount a defense on this many fronts while you are running for the most powerful job in the world? How does that happen? With great effort on a lot of people's part, including most importantly, his lawyers. I think the best answer to that great question, Wendy, is that in 2023, Mr. Trump's campaign reported that it paid over $50 million in legal fees on behalf of Mr. Trump. Um, And I don't care what an attorney's hourly rate is, that's a lot of lawyer time, Wendy, Uh, $50 million in a year. Then you add to that your terrific point about he's campaigning for president. Uh, And so just to keep all of that straight as between his staff, 
and his lawyers, that just keeping it sorted out is a Herculean task. But as I said a moment ago, in my response to Jennifer's question, it, it's not like this this uh, convergence suddenly happened. This has been building over a, a couple of three years, and these cases have winded their way through the court system. Uh, the one's going to go out to trial on March 25th. We'll find out about the D.C. election interference. But um, sadly for Mr. Trump uh, and the uh, the amount of sleep that his lawyers and staff are going to get, sadly for them, it's only going to get worse. Uh, the 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 amount of work in these types of cases it doesn't tend to wane towards the end. To the contrary, uh, it's like a hockey stick, Wendy. So we've been in the relative horizontal period of the hockey stick, albeit at $50 million a year. But it, it in the next few weeks, is, is going to go straight up, and it's going to continue to go straight up for many, many months, Wendy. Professor Willard, in this hush money case, paying the hush money is illegal because? Because the allegation is, Jennifer, that, in the business records of Mr. Trump. He reported it as payment of legal fees. He falsified, the allegations are, he falsified his business records to cover up and disguise, it is alleged, these hush money payments. In New York, that is a crime. There, there is a statute in New York, dealing with intentional falsification of business records. It is, as an initial step, what we lawyers call a misdemeanor. But if it's done in connection with another crime, under New York law, it becomes a felony. Mr. Trump, in this instance, is charged with felonies because... The allegation is that this, in effect, was a campaign expenditure. He he made these hush money payments while he was running for president. And so the allegation is that not only did it violate the New York law of falsifying business records, but it really was in support of his campaign, should have been reported of that as that it was not, and therefore that elevates these charges from a misdemeanor to the much, much more serious level of felonies in New York, Jennifer. Greg, as usual, we have a lot of questions coming in for you on our World Banks Missouri uh-huh. text line. So uh, if you could hold on, we'll take a short break here. And when we come back, we will ask some of our listeners questions about all of these cases involving so Donald Trump. Okay. Are you turning 65 or going on Medicare or perhaps retirement is approaching? Here's what happens three months Before you turn 65, you start getting a lot of brochures in the mail, hawking all different Medicare plans, and it's overwhelming. The easiest thing to do is call Ryan Raphael. He is the owner of Senior Insurance Benefits. We call him the Medicare man because that's what he specializes in in five different states, including Missouri and Illinois. Takes about an hour. You meet with Ryan. He will show you all the health insurance plans that you are entitled to through Medicare. 
if you're still working, it would still behoove you to meet with him because he'll compare the Medicare health insurance plans to the health insurance you are getting at work. And Medicare might be better, maybe not. But Ryan Raphael explains everything in simple terms. You'll want to know about supplements, advantage plans, Part D prescription, are all your doctors covered? And Ryan just makes this very easy. He'll choose the plan that is tailored to your needs. Now, Ryan Raphael works for you, but he's not paid by you. He's paid by the insurance companies, and this compensation is regulated. So Ryan's paid the same no matter what plan you choose. And his job is to find the plan to fit your needs. He does it very well. Give him a call, 314-368-6808, or visit Ryan online, MedicareManSTL.com. Please tell him Jennifer and Wendy sent you. We are chatting with KTRS legal analyst and St. Louis University law professor Greg Willard about uh, five cases against Donald Trump, four criminal and one civil. And Greg, on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line, one of our listeners is asking this, and I've kind of wondered this too. Could you please ask Professor Willard, is there not a law against asking an enemy state to attack our allies? Isn't that some form of sedition or treason? A terrific question. I think the technical answer is no. It is not, uh, I don't think it rises to the level of of, uh, sedition or treason. Um, Those treason requires direct uh, aid and comfort to an enemy of the United States. And sedition, in its technical sense, Jennifer, is um, advocacy of the violent overthrow of the United States government. So... I know a lot of people are upset, very upset, with Mr. Trump's comments about NATO. But I think to characterize those as criminal is probably a bridge a bridge too far in the law, Jennifer. From the 618, Greg, how is it not misuse of campaign funds to use them for non-related criminal legal fees? Great question. The flip answer is, welcome to the world of campaign finance in 2024. Mm. People talk about the immigration system being broken, ladies. Uh, The broken immigration system cannot hold a candle to the debacle and travesty of campaign finance laws and their operation in this country. These legal fees that we talked about in the earlier segment, they are being paid, and pretty clearly that the, there are public filings which which document all of this. They are being paid by political action committees where our fellow Missouri citizens and fellow Americans have given tens of millions of dollars. And under this mess we call campaign finance laws, Uh, those funds that people have donated can be used to pay legal fees in support of a political candidate. And the the texture's question is is terrific, um, but it's only half a loaf. 
the texter's question goes to expenditure of campaign funds and the, the fact that these can be used to pay legal fees of a candidate in respect of criminal and civil trials. The other half of the mess is the fundraising. And the, the fact that uh, corporations and, and uh, these, this dark money, so-called dark money, can pour not millions and millions, but hundreds of millions of dollars um, into these campaigns, you, you put those two together, this mess of campaign fundraising and the mess the texture points to with expenditures, and you, you bundle those together and you see why I just <clears throat> walk around with my jaw dropped when I get into a discussion of, of campaign finance and expenditures in 2024. It's, it's a mess, ladies, a mess. And I guess it's a matter of public record. Somebody's asking if the money has been paid on the bond on the E. Jean Carroll case. And w- once all these legal fees are paid, will we, the tax, have access to that information, whether it's E. Jean Carroll or these, you know, we keep hearing $50 million in legal fees? Mm-hmm. Right. So a couple of questions there, Jennifer. In terms of the, the legal fees, those are already public public record, and those have been disclosed as to the, the payments that were made in 2023 on Mr. Trump's behalf, and it's in excess of $50 million. Uh, a, a, two judgments have been entered against him, one for $5 million in favor of Ms. E. Jean Carroll and one for $83.3 million. Uh, and he has taken both of those up on appeal. My understanding is that he has sought what is called a stay pending appeal, and he has to post what is called a supersedious bond, where um, the the judgment debtor, in this case, Mr. Trump, goes to an insurance company and says, I will pay the premium, uh, and, and you post the bond with the court. Uh, once that process is completed, probably in the next couple, three weeks, um, any anybody in the world, doesn't have to be a taxpayer, anybody in the world can go on the court website and and read and see who, what, when, where, how Mr. Trump posted that supersedious bond um, as to Ms. Carroll's judgment against him. If he loses on appeal, sort of the bad news, good news. Um, the good news for Mr. Trump is that she has stayed from collecting that judgment. Uh, the, the, the good news for Ms. Carroll is that if she prevails on appeal, all she has to do is contact the insurance company that posted the bond, and they have to write her a check. Mm. So she will collect it you know, with, with a, within a matter of days. Now, then the insurance company will have to settle up with Mr. Trump, obviously, but she's going to, if she prevails on her appeal, because there is an appeal bond posted, she's going to get her money, ladies. And in the hush money trial, which is scheduled to begin March 25th, do we know what the possible penalties are for Donald Trump? Should he be found guilty? Mm-hmm. I'll give you, as I've done before in many of our conversations, I'll give you a, a technical answer and a practical answer. 
the technical answer is if he is convicted of these felonies, he could be sentenced to prison for many years. Hmm. The practical answer is you can probably count on less than one hand in the last 25 years in New York where somebody has been sentenced to prison for these types of criminal convictions, particularly uh, as, as regards a first offense. So if any of our listeners is, is wanting to uh, place a bet today, I would, uh, I would encourage them uh, to, uh, if, if they assume he's going to be convicted, I would encourage them to probably put a win place and show ticket on him getting a, a fine um, but a win place and show ticket right next to it that he will not be sentenced to prison if convicted on these hush money charges. In contrast, ladies, if he is convicted in the two federal trials, if, if he's convicted on those charges, um, in the federal in the federal felonies, he's looking at he's looking at some pretty significant prison time. No question about it. But in this particular case, where sort of as Ann Keefe used to say, it's the Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass component here of um, the fact that he is using his legal trials and tribulations mm-hmm. to raise money for his campaign. Well, that's right, uh, and and um, you know, sadly, we have a we have a very uh, bifurcated, at a minimum, um, society when it comes to Mr. Trump, and there there is a significant portion of our of our listening audience of the American people who think that these five cases, the four criminal cases and the civil case, are witch hunts. And they're they're politically motivated, 110 percent, and it's nothing more than than politics writ large. Then there is another group that believes that that no one should be above the law. If any of that group they believe did a pittance of what Mr. Trump is alleged to have done, they would have been called to account in a criminal courtroom. So the fact that one one group is opening their checkbooks rather substantially and paying for his, uh, indirectly paying for his legal fees, uh, I don't think should come as a, uh, as a surprise. I think the other, the other point I want to mention quickly is um, I mentioned this, the, the DC election interference case and the Supreme court there, there is a significant St. Louis connection to that case. Mr. Trump, is, as I said, has been indicted on four felonies. He asserted that he has blanket immunity, absolute immunity against those charges. And he took it to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and now he's before the United States Supreme Court. His lawyer is John Sauer, a native St. Louisan. And Will Scharf and Michael Talent, 
many of our listeners will remember the name Talent. Mm. And those three gentlemen are currently representing Mr. Trump before the Supreme Court. In addition, on Tuesday, two days ago, a group of very, very distinguished Americans filed a brief in the Supreme Court in this case, urging the Supreme Court not to provide Mr. Trump with blanket immunity and not to stop the case from going forward. The lead signatory on that brief, and it is a powerful brief, the lead signatory, ladies, was one John C. Jack Danforth of St. Louis. So we we had this situation where it is a a precedent-setting, by any measure, case before the Supreme Court, and several of the key participants in that case are from right here in St. Louis. Now, if Donald Trump is convicted of a felony, can he run for president? And this will be our last question. Yes. Okay. Uh, He can. Uh, The... the, uh, United States Constitution is very clear. You have to be 35 years old, a natural-born citizen, and you can't have been president for two terms before. That's it. Mm. So the the notion that uh, if if someone has committed a felony, uh, the framers of the Constitution probably didn't contemplate that, and so it is not a qualification, uh, Jennifer. There is... We're waiting for the decision. We may get it tomorrow. Mm. The the question as to whether he is disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that we've talked about. But merely committing a felony does not disqualify an American, a natural-born American who's 35, does not disqualify him or her. (laughs) I wish you could see the look on Wendy's face. (laughs) But thank you for the information. Things get curiouser and curiouser. You know, Greg, it, 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 you know when you when you bring when you bring a when you bring a lawyer on the air, you just got to fasten your seatbelt because you're going to get some weird answers. And well, I've done it to both of you again. And you can almost hear the celebration going on in D Block. So I mean, it's like that's that's good news for some folks. Thank you, yeah, Greg. I mean, the, the last scene of the Blue Brother Blues Brothers. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a reprise. Great to be with wow. both of you. You stay safe. Take Thanks, care, Professor. Greg. Well, you know what is much easier to understand? Dental care. It really is because you have to have a dentist. If you if you think you don't have to have a dentist, then unfortunately, I think that you are probably going to be looking for an emergency uh, a dental remedy pretty soon because dentistry is very, very important. Uh, it is tied to your systemic health. Google uh, dental problems or or bad teeth and and see what pops up because recently, anecdotally, there have been several stories in the news about people who have ended up in the hospital because they have had a bad tooth. It's all connected. Just because it is a dentist uh, doesn't mean or just because it's a dental issue doesn't mean it's not going to affect the rest of your body. It absolutely will. So we strongly suggest 
Baldwin Dental Care. Baldwin Dental Care, as you might imagine, is located in Baldwin. It is in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods store. It is so easy to get to. Uh, you just go west on Manchester, and when you see the Welcome to Baldwin sign, you are practically in the parking lot. Uh, they have they have really fine-tuned the, the entire dental process to remove all anxiety. And Jennifer and I have both had anxiety in the dental chair for as long as we've been alive, but not anymore because they give you a comfort menu. They pay very close attention to what your dislikes and likes are. So every visit is custom made for you. That removes the anxiety and gives you a terrific result. They have a new patient special going on right now, comprehensive exam, four x-rays and an oral cancer screening and a cleaning for only $99. What are you waiting for? Your bright, healthy smile is right around the corner. Just call 636-227-2552 and please be sure to tell them that the girls sent you. I think we all know someone who has or is struggling with addiction. And in my opinion, it's so much better that people can be out in the open with this because there is help available. The Salvation Army's Midtown Rehabilitation Center offers a second chance for men struggling with addiction. They can live and work and take part in a faith-based therapy program for free for six months. When I visited there, uh, I met, and as you all know, there are people from all walks of light life who struggle with addiction. I met a professional athlete. There are veterans, uh, many people who fight addiction. The Salvation Army's Midtown Rehab Center is helping them. You can help just by shopping at the Salvation Army Family Thrift Stores. It is a great way to shop at the end of every season. The Salvation Army goes to big box stores when they clear their shelves and buys that inventory brand new with tags on. They hold it for a year and then they sell it to you at greatly reduced prices. You can donate as well. They're looking for clothing, household goods, even a car or a truck. For more information, just go online to satruck.org. That's satruck.org. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. On the Big 550. KTRS. The Dave Matthews Band is among the first-time nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Class of 2024. Um, no, actually, they have been nominated once before, but they, they have not won. Inductees will be announced in April. The 39th annual induction ceremony is set for this fall in Cleveland, the home of the Rock Halls Museum. Have you ever been there, Wendy? I've always wanted to go to that. Never have. I have not. I have not. Our song of the day is their first commercial hit. That's what would you say, the Dave Matthews man? I didn't realize he was a bartender. I, I think so many I people know. have <laughs> been, right? Our, our quote of the day is from John F. Kennedy. Too often we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. Mm. Right? Love that. Yeah. Um, by the way, a side note, but I was reading about J-Lo's new self-financed movie i can't figure out if it's a musical 
or a documentary, but I read that it cost $20 million and that it's all about her road to love with Ben Affleck. And uh-huh. some Australian host was interviewing her and asked her if she was a sex addict. And she said, no, I'm a love addict and a workaholic. <laughs> Those are two things to describe me. And her friend Jane Fonda apparently is in it. And Jane had some reservations well, about it. And I told you this morning, oddly enough, I saw a post from, I thought, I don't can't remember, of course, if it was Deadline or the Hollywood uh, Reporter or what it was, but that people are kind of worried about her decision-making process because she's going over a lot of different um, ideas that she has had over her career and she's rethinking them like she shouldn't have done the Jenny from the Block video or something. And the the desire to to try to prove to everybody that your love with your significant other is legit and real, I think that just makes people nervous. Well, like, I, yeah, I was reading, of course, just reading it, don't know if it's true, that when Jane Fonda would see something about Ben Affleck and J-Lo fighting, she would call her and say, oh, no, I mean, I hope this isn't true. I hope it's just the press. But uh, J-Lo says, I got to the point in my life where I felt like I have some answers True love does exist, and some things are forever. Don't give up hope. So this is the new movie. I don't know if it's a documentary or a musical, but... And I told you, I follow her on Instagram, and there was just this flurry of activity from her account letting us know, those of us who follow her, that this is me now is available or coming up and then it's like this is me then or it's some just I can't follow it. So. Yeah, it's an album and an Amazon original film. This is me now, a love story and both come out tomorrow, February 16th. And it's self-financed. Self-financed. And it sounds like it's it almost sounds like it's a self-help tape too. And- like she wants people to know as she said, don't give up. Right. And maybe, as we so often hear with celebrities, maybe she wants to control the narrative. Mm-hmm. So she's telling her story as she sees it. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said, the documentary that she did in the lead up to the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira, that's great. I enjoyed it very That much. is fantastic. Well, we'll have to check that out. Um, and, you know, if you are, if you're in your home... And if you're kind of looking around and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this lamp, how long have I had this? This wallpaper, I just or I want wallpaper, but not this wallpaper. And you are not sure where to start. I think that keeps a lot of us from from, you know, beginning the process. Call Ellen and Barbara at the Curtain Exchange, Um, because what makes us anxious about home decor and You know, being afraid of making a mistake or do I know the lingo or do I know the right color palette for the sun and the sunlight in my home? They have all the answers. They are not stressed out. They absolutely love this. And they have been helping St. Louisans for generations to have the home of their dreams. It can happen. They will tell you where to start. Uh, They will tell you how to start. That's the beauty of the Curtain Exchange. And you think, oh, my goodness, but, you know, every designer always has a stopwatch and I have to pay by the hour. 
not Ellen and Barbara at the Curtain Exchange. There is never an hourly fee. It is simply part of their Curtain Exchange service. Speaking of wallpaper, it's back, uh, and they will show you how to incorporate it in the look of your home. You don't want to decorate your home online uh, because there are going to be missteps, there are going to be mistakes, and they're all going to cost you money. Start and end your process of changing the look of your home at the Curtain Exchange with Ellen and Barbara, 314-863-1112. And please be sure to tell them that KTRS sent you. (laughs) One of our texters said, so tired of J-Lo. She seems to struggle so hard to stay relevant. Mike Mike from Accounting, a J-Lo and Affleck love story movie. I wonder who they got to play. Jennifer Garner. Oh. His ex-wife. Yeah, think that, she got Jennifer Garner? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't yeah, think so. You think Jennifer Garner playing herself? I think that works. Um, I I I'm don't thinking think they probably didn't even go there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they I don't, I don't think they went there either. And apparently she was on the Today show this morning. I don't think she's struggling though. She's worth a trillion dollars. Again, these people they have they have the money. They just have the desire to continue to reinvent themselves do you think she's struggling connor uh i mean sure right a struggle the way we all struggle you know every day it's it's a struggle to keep going uh (laughs) day-to-day activities life is a struggle uh Hmm. but no i don't think it's like she's it's not like she's not relevant but she's not as relevant as she used to be yeah um i well look at madonna we don't hear too much about her anymore but she's still making i agree she's still making music she's still having concerts how do i know because i follow her I know. We both. I why follow why both do we them? do this? We we just keep doing this. It sounds like we have. TMJ. I'm not embarrassed, or maybe no, I am to say I follow J Lo and Madonna. I do too. I do too. I love Jennifer Lopez. I don't care what happens. I don't She's care how she. She's a former she starts... Fly Girl and In Living Color. I just adore her, and I just want them to be happy. But you know, he likes privacy, so maybe a motion picture wasn't the best way to go. Yeah, that is true. John Carney, Julie Buck up next, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We're at the Working Women's Show tomorrow in St. Charles. Oh, yeah, stop by. (laughs) Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know it Comes the time 